This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel, joined by Damien McDonald. Uh, literally, after I hit record, he said, but before you hit record, let me ask you something. And now I'm really intrigued as to what the question is. Can you ask it to me now that we've started recording or is it is it very, very spicy? Oh, it's very spicy. You can't, this would not be, <laughs> we cannot put this on the air. Uh, we'd be, uh, anyway, it's not that spicy, but it's just a, a personal question that I, that I don't think you'd want to answer on the air, so... Um, sorry, sorry, listeners. <laughs> oh, I want to know what it is now. <laughs> no, no, we'd have to hit, we'd have to hit stop, and then we have to start again. And we're not going to do that. You have to wait till the, you have to wait till the end of the show. You have to wait till the end oh, of the can't show. Can't you can't you WhatsApp it to me? Because I might be like, yeah, that's fair game. Let's, let's no, you, it won't be. I'm telling. You, I know. I know for a fact that it's not. I know. I know because you told me it's not fair game. It's not fair game. I'll well, I'll WhatsApp it to you. I'll, watch, I'll do it right now. All right, I got yeah, my phone out. Yeah, you do that. All right. But I, listeners, I was just before we started recording explaining to Damon that uh, Mally has found us a nice apartment, uh, which we'll be hopefully moving into in the next month or so. And uh, we, we've we picked a, the, the Japanese part of Bangkok, where you, all the Japanese families live, and you've got all the wonderful Japanese restaurants. There's a huge Japanese supermarket we went to the other day with, you know, all the your favorite Japanese alcoholic beverages and huge uh, refrigerators full of sushi and sashimi. So I'm extremely happy. I can't wait to get out of this hotel and, uh, and, and get started there. So good times, light at the end of the tunnel. Thank you everyone who's been sending uh, nice supportive messages. It's uh, really um, it meant a lot to me. So thank you everyone for, for reaching out. Um, I appreciate all of you. Ah, look at that. Look at, see, I told you it would turn around. The hard work pays off. Um, sometimes, uh, the karma swings your way and I can't wait. To, I can't wait to visit. That's what I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be wonderful. Um, well, we, it's a three bedroom place. I mean, I, I'm not, this is not me flexing, you know, it's, it's an old building. We, we weren't looking for anywhere particularly fancy. We just wanted lots of space for the kids to play in, but we do have three bedrooms. So when you guys come to visit your room, we'll be waiting for you. So, ah, I like that. I like that. Um, you know what? Did I tell you that we uh, we booked Mexico? We're going to Mexico in November. No! Wow! Well, I didn't tell you that. Jealous. I am very envious of that. Some international travel. Check you out. Where are you going? Uh, we are going uh, to Mayakoba. Um, and we can't wait. And we're so excited because we haven't traveled anywhere for the longest time. And we this would be, when I tell you, this would be the first sit with toes in sand, drinks in hand, vacation that we've had in years. I mean, we're always every vacation we've ever been on for what seems like forever has been just go 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 go. You know, whether it's London, whether it's uh, uh, you know, obviously Tokyo, whether it's anywhere we go, um, it's Paris. It's you know, you're on your feet. You're, like, by the end of the day, you're just exhausted. This will not be that. This will be me drinking. This will be me out on a beach. I might even. I got this. I got this little bug in bug in me, Joel. 
I want to, I want to, I, I got to learn how to, but I'm kind of want to play around the golf. Have you ever played golf? <laughs> Dead silence. <laughs> He's never played golf. I want to play golf. I played a bit of golf back in the day when I, when I was at university, there was a, uh, a fairly cheap uh, golfing green near to where I lived. It's really relaxing. Yeah. It's a, just a, a nice way to spend time, you know, walking around countryside, a bit of fresh air, occasionally hitting a golf ball very poorly in my case. But uh, yeah, if, if you never tried it before? I mean, I have. Like Cheryl's dad played a, a lot. And one time we went to St. Thomas, I think it was. And there's just like this incredible golf course. Um, and he was pretty good. I, like I stunk. Like by by like the ninth hole, I was just driving the cart. You know what I mean? Like I just, I'm like I'll go, I'm good. Um, but I don't, like I saw the golf course there, and I was just like, oh, this is beautiful. This is really stunning. And uh, I don't know. I just got this itch. I was just like, ah. Oh. So I was thinking like, okay, so like how from going from nothing to like I just want to be able to hit. The ball, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I, I'm not looking to do anything spectacular. I just don't want to go out there and embarrass myself. That's that's really it. Um, and I think just stepping out there, I would be. But um, beside that, I would want. I just, I don't know. I just kind of got this itch. So I'm like, all right. So I'm looking into it, and I'm looking into like, you know, like some lessons, like because they would literally be building a per- not literally, but. I know you hate when I say that, but I, they would be starting from scratch. Um, and again, I'm not trying to be Tiger Woods. I'm not trying to be, you know, I'm just want to get out there and hit the ball straight would be great. Um, so I don't know. That's that's kind of like name, name another golfer, Damon. You said Tiger Woods, be like, and then you, you left a pause there. Tell me one more professional golfer. Phil uh, Nicholson. <laughs> that's a great one that's a great choice he just won didn't and he I, I'm sorry he, but, uh, sorry breaking news here Tamatonga has just pinned Master Watto so. oh that's right we're in very the middle very sad times here I, I, when you go to Mexico Damon I want lots of photos of your food oh yeah yeah. I would love to go to Mexico um, No, in no small part because of the food what, what kind of stuff are you, you going to be looking oh, to oh goodness uh, like uh, I, I always mispronounce it the ceviche ceviche um, so I love that and uh, they have – so it's a, it's on a resort. It's uh, um, the Fairmont in, in Mayakoba is where we're staying. And they have all these restaurants. Uh, I just want the seafood. Like I just want the seafood. You know what I mean? They have a, they have a, uh, a sushi restaurant there. I can't wait for that. Um, obviously, you know, your traditional Mexican foods – um, oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I, I'm really just want like, like I had a bad seafood experience just recently. Like it was probably the worst seafood meal I've ever had in my life. It was just like, uh, and it was really expensive too. It was down, the, we went to Atlantic City. Um, really wasn't good. <laughs> and I was just like, oh. And it was like the first time we went out for a real solid meal in a long time. And it was so disappointing. Um. So I'm looking forward to that. Like I'm looking forward to like real quality fresh seafood because I haven't had that in a long time. But that's a new. I'm event. on a seafood that's a diet event. at the moment, Damon. What's that? I'm on a seafood diet. Mm. You seafood, seafood you... and eat yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, 
It's it's uh, Joel the Joke Man. That's, that's it. That's a wrap, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. See you next week. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing you as Jackie Martling. You're not going to get it, but there's going to be a few people to do, and they're probably pissing you their pants. You have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, right, I'll leave it at that. The people. Hey, if you know, you know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Jcast. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Thank you. All right, I suppose uh, we'd better grasp the nettle here because, Damon, something is rotten in the state of line mark in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. So Manny writes in and says, will we ever see Osprey in a New Japan ring again? From things I've read and heard from Voices Wrestling and Meltzer, it doesn't look good between Osprey and New Japan right now. So uh, a lot to get into here. So obviously uh, we all know that Will Osprey has vacated the IWGP World Heavyweight title and has gone back to the UK and uh, the, the official line from New Japan was that it's because of uh, an injury, a neck injury. And I, I don't want to um, steal from Joanne Rich's Patreon. You know, they work half of their scoop, so I would, I would recommend anyone who's interested to go. If, you, if you're not already a subscriber to their Patreon, very good value. You know, go and check it out for yourself so you can see exactly what it is they found out. Uh, so I will just summarise the rumours and... Correct me if I'm wrong, Damon. The impression I'm getting is that there are some people who do not believe that this injury is legit and think that it is part of a wider trend within the locker room, within the New Japan wrestlers, particularly the foreign wrestlers, with uh, discontentment towards the company, discontentment towards management. So, you know, we did our due diligence and, and asked around and... We, we speak to a lot of different people, Damon. Some of the people we speak to, you're going to get a more uh, sort of sympathetic um, angle towards particular stories. But this is what, what our interpretation of it is that the injuries are real. You know, Osprey's banged up. He's been working injured for a long time. Uh, the, the shooting star press in the Shingo match was one that caused a, a particular, you know, quite nasty damage to him. So he's hurt, right? But he was willing to grit his teeth and tough it out and keep going in order to reach Wrestle Grand Slam for that match against Okada, where presumably he would have lost the title and then been able to go back to the UK and rest. Mm-hmm. So obviously the, the Wrestle Grand Slam was cancelled. So he thought, OK, well, that's cancelled. I'm, I'm going home then. Let's just you know bring it forward. I'll go back to the UK and when I come back, I can drop the title or, or whatever. And my guess is that the company were OK with that. And then at some point between those travel plans being made uh, and Osprey actually going home, the company has decided, no, actually, we you know we want to run these Road 2 shows. You know, Road, road to Wrestle Grandstand for Wrestle Grandstand, that's not happening, which is a bit odd in and of itself. Right. But you can just, you can imagine a scenario, like, I don't know, I'm imagining something like uh, Osprey's all bandaged up, you know, limping uh, Narita Airport. He's at the, the the gate waiting to I don't know go through security or get on his flight or something. And then his phone rings and then his you know Obari on the phone says, "Will we need you back? We have got three uh, row two shows at Korakuen coming back. Get back down here now." And then he's like, "Ah, fuck that!" And just getting on the plane and going home anyway. So that that's our interpretation or my interpretation of events, trying to piece things together from what we've heard and. Osprey, for his own part, he's tweeted out a picture of a, a, a wonky-looking spine x-ray. Whether or not that is legit, who knows? But to me, that's not really the point. The point is that 
that's the first acknowledgement I think from Osprey or, or first piece of evidence that he is sort of towing that company line like going along with that story that his neck is hurt and that's why he's relinquished the title rather than being pissed off with the company and not being hurt at all which some people are saying is the case so at the very least Osprey is uh, backing up that story that he's hurt so I think that to some extent pours a bit of cold water on the rumours that he's you know furious with the company and has walked out um, so you know, I've got more to say about this in terms of you know what we've lost, what the original plans might have been, that, that general sense of discontentment. But just sticking with Osprey for now, Damon, what is your take on this whole Will Osprey situation right now? Do you think he's burned his bridges, or do you think he'll be back? I, I don't. I don't think that there's really a bridge that he burnt yet, <laughs> right? Um, he was hurt. They he and apparently he was going to be out of action for a significant amount of time um enough to say okay we're you're the, the, the you know we're going to take the strap off of you um and that's that's really it and on the surface that's all that it really is in my eyes um then it was okay somebody whether it was Dave or whether it was Joel or Rich um, that were that were first on it to have information that there was this uh, discontent, there was this, um, you know, there were issues. And I don't think anybody's really brought a lot, at least to my knowledge, of a reasoning reasoning why other than miscommunication, frayed nerves, um, COVID wreaking havoc um, on any type of plans in the entire country of Japan. And those stresses and pressures that go along with that. Um, I, I think if it, I honestly, I, I think if it were just that, it would be, uh, you know, I think people... I think people would would understand, but I don't think that's any reason for him to be like, ah, fuck this. I'm here's your here's your world title back, and I'm no longer coming back. Like that just seems a little bit blown out of proportion, doesn't it? I think so. I mean, I I suppose there is the possibility that he left the country when. The company asked him to come back and work these Road Two shows, but he lives in Japan. That. Well, there are other issues possibly at play. You know, maybe homesickness. You know, that I've seen rumors swirling about the the breakup with B Priestley and and other life events. Like I think was it the, the death of Ryan Smile? I think has hit him quite hard. Just a lot of things going on where he maybe thought that he would be better off for the, for the next month or so or however long it is back home home in the UK rather in Japan so do, do we acknowledge that that's a possibility that he went back to the UK when he was asked to stay in Japan oh yeah yeah I mean that's I well I, I mean correct me if I'm wrong wasn't that an issue at the very beginning of COVID we had heard stories that he was like oh you know, I'm leaving, and the company was like, mm, "No, you're not." <laughs> you know, do you remember hearing these stories, uh, Joel? 
Uh, rings a bell, yes. Yeah. And it's certainly understandable when you put it in context. You know, we've heard um, Fit Finley talking about David Finley's struggles with the uh, people who flew over from the States, flew over to Japan, expected to work. I mean, Ke- Kevin Kelly went through this. You arrive, you're in quarantine, and then suddenly the show's cancelled, and, oh no, go back home. And then when you're trying to get home, oh, you got COVID, you can't get on this flight okay, right, now you need to go back to the dojo to do your quarantine in the dojo bubble. And it gets to the point where you'd be like, ah, fuck this, I don't want to do this anymore. Especially if you've got family, you know, if you've got young kids waiting for you back in the States. Um, obviously, that's not the case for Will, but you can see how the, the frustrations are starting to, to bubble over right now. Yeah, I mean, especially when, okay, you got the, you know, what, seven, eight, ten, whatever the number was of people within the company that have it. You're sharing a locker room. I mean, you 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 know, you're in tight spaces. Um, yeah, that's that's a problem. And now you 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 can't travel, and and you were you are in quarantine. So yes, I can I can understand that. And I'll go so far as to say that some of those guys, you know, are they all under contract? Are they all guaranteed money? So I guess my question is, if there are no shows, does that mean there is you know, no pay? Do they get compensated for that? I mean, this is pro wrestling. Let's, let's remember that. Um, so, you know, is, does that mean that they flew all the way over? Now they're quarantined for 14 days. They cannot travel back. They're kind of fucked. Um, and are they getting paid at the same time? I, I mean, I don't have the answer to that question. I'm going to assume that some of them it might be might have been an issue, might have been an issue. I don't know. I'm going to assume. Um, but yeah, that's that's. I mean, but okay. Then the only fault in that scenario, unless there's other information that I don't have with me, is. The, the the people that are upset with New Japan is the reasoning being that they had they did an about face and said okay no we we were we're going to run shows after they said they weren't and they could have been like okay well you know you guys leave and we'll just make do with this thin roster that we have here um, whoever's here will fucking make do because honestly who cares about these shows number one right like why would why would New Japan go to, to any lengths um, to put on anything <laughs> on these shows? And, and well, you know why, Damon. Obviously, they're struggling financially to the point at which they felt the need to run two stadium shows uh, a week before Dominion. So they are obviously hurting financially oh, yeah. and these endless road to shows are, are, are a symptom of that. And th- this is what I'm talking about. Like, so... We have, you know, big shows being cancelled, so the company got less money, and then they're running more Road 2s, and then that's more burnout for the fans, and also burnout for the wrestlers. Like, you know, the physical toll that it takes on them working all these shows is starting to reveal itself now. And, and, and working these intense, you know, 30-minute-plus main events, it, it feels a bit like chickens coming home to roost. And, you know, you, you add that to all the frustration with having to do the quarantines and the uncertainty with that, with shows getting cancelled, the the slowness of the vaccine rollout in Japan, which is, you know, snail's pace from what I've 
heard that you know they're, they're aiming oh we're hoping to get 70 percent of over 65 year olds vaccinated by october you know something mental like that so you, you you throw all those things together you know we're seeing messages popping up from complete you know people we don't hear from for you know just out of the blue messages with the word mutiny popping up and right. that word mutiny has has been popping up from other sources and, and voices of pe- people who have been reporting on this story so there is this this general sense of discontent at the moment whether or not that is you know largely the fault of i don't know whoever you want to blame the japanese government covid new japan pro wrestling for mishandling it lack of communication what i'm wondering damon is these wrestlers who are not on the contract or wrestlers whose contracts are coming up uh, are expiring in january how many of them are going to be looking at aew or wwe or even impact and seeing you know fans starting to return to shows and good tv ratings and you know getting lucrative tv contracts and thinking you know what i'd rather do that oh yeah be close to my family i don't have to fuck about with all this travel and and risk getting stuck in quarantine and shows being cancelled blah 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 i'm not going to resign with new japan i'm going to go and work for impact i'm going to go and work for aw because i think that is uh, a distinct possibility here i think that's a real threat to uh new japan over the next 12 months oh it absolutely is it absolutely is like if you're if you're a a a worker whether it's again uh you know tv you know (laughs) let me just say if you're kevin kelly uh if you're uh, a, a wrestler, if you're David Finley, if you're Juice, if you're, you know, if you're Jeff Cobb, if, you know, yeah. I mean, that's the way that Japan is handling the rollout of these vaccines and, you know, the, the dare I say, the safety of its citizens, um, you know, that's going to play a large factor in what a a pro wrestler who works in Japan is going to do for his career. You're right. I mean, we all, I mean, I remember talking about when AJ styles was leaving and it was, you know, this guy's flying back and forth to Japan and he's got kids and he's got, you know, his family and, you know, he can make X amount of dollars and, and, uh, you know, whatever, you know, you figured he would be a star at the time. And it was like, okay, you, know, you kind of see it. You, you kind of see it. And now we're adding this whole other element to it. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of guys that are, you know, even more than normal, let's put it that way, that are going to look at this situation and be like, you know what, fuck this. I could, you know, I'll, I'll take my chances here. At least I'll work on live shows and in front of people and, you know, more have more opportunity. And I again, I will say the company New Japan has got to do a better job of communicating because I think that's where a lot of the frustration that, from what I'm hearing, is that's where it is. It's that communication of guys don't know what the fuck's happening until it happens, <laughs> you know. And that's not a good way. You can't. I mean, again, it's pro wrestling, but you're 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 a major company in this and i don't want to assume things just because you're 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 a big player in this space that you got your shit together but but you know they got to do a better job of communicating that to the to the people who are putting themselves and their health 
on the line here. Um, that's a lot. That's a big. That's a big ask. I mean, I, I mean, not that it means anything, but you know, I mean, the U.S. put Japan on its no travel list. You know, of highly recommending you do not go there for travel. I mean, if you're a wrestler who makes a living flying over to Japan for shows, it's going to weigh on your mind. It definitely is, without question. Now, again, who's under contract? Who's uh, who's due for contracts? I don't know. But I guess the main point is this. I don't think Will handing back the title had it wasn't a Brock Lesnar situation. Let's put it that way. This is this is not a Brock Lesnar situation. I don't think Will is going anywhere but New Japan. I, did you send me a rumor of of people saying Will was going somewhere else? Yeah, NXT UK is a rumor that's crept up today. I'd, I mean, he's under contract, so right, he's not that, going. That anywhere. would be extremely unlikely. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. He's, he's not going anywhere. Um, they took the title off of him because he's going to be on the shelf for a while with his injuries. That's, I mean, that's that is from multiple people that we've talked to. It, it, there's not a mutiny with Will Osprey handing it back his title and staying home and that's that now now i will say this and i'll use a Meltzer line that everyone loves things change i'm sure that there have been conversations between both parties of hey you know if there is a problem let's talk about it i would think that that has happened but but to address the, that specific issue of will turning in his his championship and saying, fuck this company, I don't think that was the case at all. And from any indication and anything that has been, been any information that has been given to us, uh, dare I quote uh, uh, a very intelligent person and say, uh, utter horseshit. <laughs> so uh, Chris says, is there a point at which you see Japanese promotions resuming working arrangements with each other to draw local interest during these lean times? Because if... Uh, in the future, the pool of foreign talent is reduced. Do you think that might push New Japan to reach out to other promotions? No, I don't. And I'll tell you why. Who are we talking about here? In the sense of, okay, if we can't bring in foreign talent, who who exactly are we talking about from a New Japan perspective, Joel? Yeah, I, I, I mean, the wider issue, I think, is that people are reluctant to go to wrestling shows because of, you know, the COVID state of emergency. So even if you were to, you know, put on some kind of super show with all the promotions, I think there's a pretty firm ceiling on how much that is going to draw, just in terms of the fact that people are nervous and they, they don't really want to go out. They're not that keen on going to shows, or at least a lot fewer people than before. Uh, attendance is down, obviously, and I think that is not, because or, or not largely because of the the quality of the cars, you know, I don't I don't think people are like oh I'm not going to go to this row two show at Coracle because I don't know Will Osprey's not on or or whatever. I think just people are anxious. People people do not want to go to shows, and then they and I, I can't. How can you blame them? Right? How can you blame them? Um, 
I mean, do we go back to empty shows? But here's the thing with empty shows too. And 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 like are the wrestlers com- comfortable with empty shows? I mean, the reason why we had the most recent shutdown was because you know, I don't want to say half the roster, but a, a large portion of the roster had COVID-19. Why are we putting those guys at extra risk? You know, we talk about the fans a lot, and listen, nobody wants them to get sick, but what about the people there? What about the people working behind the scenes? The problem is this, is that, listen, they they are a company that is supported by a parent company, which is great to be. But there becomes a certain point where the parent company is looking at a sheet of profitability. We are not running shows. Or we're trying to run shows as many as we can. Is there pressure from above to run these shows, Joel? That's my question. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I'm sure there is. The, this, the, the, their, their strategy for balancing the books is to run endless Road 2 shows right. where the tickets are expensive but low capacity. So we're going to put the talent at risk at minimum. The talent at minimum is at risk. And we've seen an outbreak in the locker room, lots of guys getting sick, the, the severity of which... We don't know, but enough to say, okay, you know, they got it. Now, the staff, the crew, the people who run the fucking cable, the or the camera people, whomever, the guy who drives the fucking truck, whomever. Now we're putting them at risk. Now we're going to have this in an arena, a, a, a venue, okay? Even if there's no fans, there's people that got to turn on the lights. There's staff that are there to make sure the operation goes smoothly, putting them at risk. Now we're going to add an element of some fans, no matter what fucking number. I don't care what protocols you got. I don't care if you're taking the temperature. I don't care if you're shoving a finger on your ass. I don't, I don't know what you're doing. I kind of have an idea. I don't think finger in the ass has anything to do with this. I just threw that in. But some parts of China, they do that, I've heard. Is that right? Wow. I I might have to take a flight. Uh, Again, you're putting people at risk, Joel, is what I'm trying to say. And it's about keeping the company afloat. I'm not saying the company is in financial dire straits. But you go two years of running, you know, Certainly not as many shows as you once did at half capacity, three quarters capacity, whatever capacity. Uh, look, they're not making money. Yeah, and sorry, we, we know that a, a big chunk or the majority of their income comes from live ticket sales. Yes. We've seen that in their, their quarterly reports. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, that now now we're getting into a more scary thought. I don't have a job anymore. We got to cut people. You, you no longer work. Thanks for your services. Best of luck in your future endeavors. That kind of shit. So yeah, people are look people 
People need to put food on their table, whether they're the guy taking a suplex off the fucking top rope or they're the guy running cable for a camera. Right? So that's a big fucking situation we got. So, yeah, on the surface and what we see is the biggest championship in this promotion has been handed back in, which is never a good look. And this title has gotten has been just you know, like a, like an engine trying to start up on a cold January night. But they uh they got bigger fish to fry. My biggest concern, Joel, is the financial stability of this company at this point and the fact that we have a lack of communication within that organization for a lot of these guys. Let me transition that into a question from Luis. He says, are you guys confident New Japan will bounce back from some of these speed bumps? They've had worse. I will say this, and I, and I texted you this, Joel. This has got to be the most challenging two-year period this company has ever faced. Now, they've had scandals. You know, they've had Anoki um, and his, uh, in, we'll put in air quotes, investments. Uh, Let's not forget the Chapin Chapin scandal. Yeah. I mean, they've had a lot of, of, of scandalous things. But the show went on. And they've had lean years. You know, they've had lean years. Um, you know, they're, they, they've, but they've come out the end of it. But I don't think they've ever had an issue like they are having these past two years where the cancellation of shows, repeatedly having to juggle their booking, you know, just trying to make, just trying to stay afloat. Um, I don't think they've had an issue like this ever in their, in their history. Now, can they bounce back? Absolutely. Will they bounce back? I would say yes. Um, but I, I really am scratching my head thinking, like even during like the, the, the Anoki financial scandals in the 80s, they were running shows and they were, they were filling buildings. Like the popularity of the, 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 the uh, promotion did not wane in that. Um, in fact, it only made offshoot promotions more popular. Uh, I don't know. But here's the thing, Joel. It's not just pro wrestling that this is impacting. This is impacting everyday life in Japan. I mean, you got people protesting the, the Olympics that are coming in, what, a month? They don't even know. I mean... Everything I've read is government is like, full steam ahead, fingers in your ears, la, 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 la. I want to see the high jump. Let's go, let's go, let's go, right? Everything we see is that. And the people, a, a vocal portion, are like, fuck this. For all the reasons that I talked about, about pro wrestling, they're talking about that on a much grander scale of the Olympics. Look. As much as I love being there, I got to tell you, man, they have really not done a good job <laughs> handling this. I, I, I have to say it. Look, let's put it this way. 
do you have any plans of going to Japan anytime soon? No. No. Absolutely not. Right. Me neither. Me neither. Uh, right? I mean, and and for me, a lot of that, <laughs> not even a lot of it, it's because of that. Um, and, and, and anybody I talk to, it's the same way. It's the same way. So they're only hurting themselves, it feels like. They're only hurting themselves. Uh, Brother Muzone, a great reference to the why there. Uh, does this vacating of the IWGP World Heavyweight title produce a golden opportunity for New Japan to change the design of the title again? Gives a get-out-of-jail card for the current monstrosity. Uh, I can't see it. I don't think that's uh, top of the list of their priorities. I think we just need to get used to this new design because it's going to be with us for a while. Yep, it, this is this is our future. Um, you'll get used to it. <laughs> that's the best I can tell you. You'll get used to it. So I've seen a lot of people uh, responding to this Osprey injury, not unfairly, by saying, you know, this is a real disaster for New Japan. You know, they've lost, arguably, they're one of the best wrestlers in their company in big matches and, and a possibility of a really exciting title reign. But I, I think it's fair to say the original plans were likely to be him losing the belt to Okada. So what have we really lost here in terms of the title? It's one match. It's one title defence. So I'm... I don't think it's the, the huge unmitigated disaster that others do, personally. And, it, it, of course, it begs the question, what's next for the that IWGP world title? So I've got a lot of questions about this. I'll, I'll just throw all the questions at you, people giving ideas and thoughts. So Marcus says, uh, imagine if this was just Osprey injured. What would you do with the title going forwards? I think this is the perfect time to highlight the never title in main events. Have the G1 be for the vacant world title. Then determine the challenger for the Dome at King of Pro Wrestling. Andrew says, more obvious, steady figures like Okada or Naito could reliably hold the belt amongst the current uncertainty. But should New Japan keep going with newer title holders? And is it Shingo's time? Daryl says, who should be the next champion? Should this be used to push someone new as champion, i.e. Evil, Ibushi, Osprey, Or would you rather see an established former champion have a run? Frankly, I don't see Okada with enough momentum right now for a good run. But if not him, who else? I prefer to see White have a run, at least until Wrestle Kingdom. But him having the never belt complicates that idea. I think it would benefit from a good push on top and has earned that opportunity through his excellent character work especially. Dan says, I know Okada's work has been underwhelming as of late, but with the company being in an underwhelming position as a whole since last year, and with Okada spearheading the best times of the company as the champ in 2017 to 2019, do you think an Okada title reign would bring some much-needed stability and normality to the company for a while? Big match Okada is an almost guaranteed banker. So, a lot of really interesting ideas here. Um, maybe I'll split that into two for you, Damon. What would you like to happen, and what do you think will happen? Okay. Um, I don't think now is the time where we think about creating stars. I think now is the time, and someone had mentioned, for a little stability. Um, I don't think we need to have Tomohiro Ishii winning the title. I, I don't. <laughs> or... Just having some like having an evil scenario, um, where somebody out of the blue wins the title. I think you need to have a rock, <laughs> pardon the pun. Uh, you need to have some some stability. You need to have some stability. Um, so I think it's between a handful of, of people: uh, Naito, Okada. I would even go Jay White. Um, I, I'm telling you, I would even go Tanahashi. I would even go Tanahashi. Um, you're not looking for, you're just looking for stability. You're just looking to, to, to 
steady the boat. That's the way I would go. I love the idea of uh, G1 being a, uh, you know, winning the title. You you get some, yeah, it helps establish some credibility for that title once again. You know, you win G1, you're considered the toughest, best wrestler in that company at the very least. And some might even recognize it as, you know, a pinnacle achievement for a, any pro wrestler. So you put, you add the extra element of, okay, you're our world champion. I think that helps as well. Um, so no, I don't think you go with, with creating a new star. I think, I think you have too much on your plate right now to worry about creating a new star because in the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying... Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arenaclub.com slash vow net arenaclub.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network again we don't even know if shows are going to happen or not happen you can't have that you, it, it's impossible to do i can't say it's impossible but it's it's not the easiest task so let's not do that um but I think you need somebody stable in there, Joel. I really do. 
Well, a few people have come up with this idea. Alfredo says, should the G1 winner win the vacant title? If not, how should they handle it? Tournament, battle royal, four-way elimination. Who should be the top guys involved? And Joby Wan Kenobi says, who would you put in an eight-man bracket for the title? Seems like the obvious way to get a new champ and set up some fun new matches. Now, the caveat to this is that we've just had a tournament. We just had the New Japan Cup. So I'm not sure how likely it is that we are going to get uh, a, a tournament for that. I think the, the most likely thing they're going to do is just have a singles match. Like it'll be Okada versus Shingo or something like that with a winner getting the title. So I think that's the most likely route. I mean, if it's an eight-man bracket, Okada, Shingo, Ibushi, Jeff Cobb, um, Tanahashi, Jay White, Naito, Zach. I mean, I'm sure I've forgotten someone, but there's there's plenty of names you could put in there to make a, a compelling tournament but I just I don't think that's the direction they're going to go I, I would say gun to my head Okada versus Shingo title match yeah I mean you we talked about all these meaningless quirk and shows and the fact that they have to run shows I mean you I would not be surprised if they did a tournament just to have sexier matchups Right on on these shows. If you got a film, when have, they, when have they ever given a shit about putting sexy matches on these road two shows? <sighs> they never have. But I mean, it's you do have something that you can at least get some get some interest. Right, you put a main event of you know, and it doesn't have to be a twelve man tournament, but you know, four. You know, I don't know. It gives them something. Gives you, it gives you something. But they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. And, you know, here's the thing. G1, what, what are we looking at? October? Yeah. I you're going so. to keep it's, the belt yeah. cold till October? Seems like a long time, doesn't it? Might as well just let that will keep the belt. Can I ask you a question? Don't ask me the question that you sent on WhatsApp because that is definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. I tell you. Uh, la, 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 la. Oh, yeah. Here's not to rewind on Will. What would have been the harm of keeping him champion? Okay, he's injured. He's hurt. I guess the idea is he can't defend the title. Right, they have. I mean, they did, but, but John Moxley, it's fine, right? <laughs> John Moxley could do whatever the fuck he wants, right? But the idea of the their the, the heavyweight champion, they can't do it the same. But okay, let's let's just, let's just put that aside for a second, if you don't mind. Uh, and let's just put aside Chris Jericho and the Intercontinental Title. We'll just put that. We'll put those examples aside. Why couldn't? They just keep Will with the title and have him just do interviews, have him say, I'm not coming into Japan because I'm the champion and I'm not going in, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever they want to do. You mean to tell me they couldn't do that? I think that's the problem. The idea that they had him drop that title is, is the biggest thing that has people scratching their heads. Oh, let me take that back. That's the thing that has me scratching my head. Why not just keep the fucking title on him while he's hurt? Well, they obviously have plans that needed Okada to be champion. Correct. Maybe they, they had a, a Dominion main event in mind where Okada was defending. Okay. They couldn't. So 
Yeah. Single tournament, Okada wins, and then it's right where we would have been if Osprey were here and he dropped the title. Exactly. I think... Can I ask you a question? (laughs) I've asked you... I've asked you... Can I ask you a question seven times today? Why don't people see that? Why, why, where, why did we get from where, like, how can, why did this blow up? I guess is my question. So you mean seeing Osprey go home and relinquish the title has led to a lot of people jumping to conclusions? Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, it's no smoke without fire. Obviously, there are people who are closely involved with the company who who think that there is something deeper going on. But the, the people we've spoken to don't that, think so. That so. people are unhappy? I think they may have conflated two things which are not directly connected. Like, correlation does not imply causation. Correct. They have looked at the Osprey thing and they've looked at general unhappiness and thought, Osprey's left because of these factors. Whereas I'm not sure that the two things are directly connected like that. Right. I and uh, thank you. I, I I people are are angry and frustrated and their nerves are frayed. I don't think Osprey being hurt and relinquishing the title. And I'm sure there's miscommunication, I'm sure there's all of that, but like I don't know. I just and, and here's the thing, too. The idea of Will going to NXT UK. Does anybody really believe that? I don't. Come on. I don't think, I don't think anyone's really taking it seriously. God. Jesus Louise. <sighs> That's bad caddying. Ah. Oh. That's not. I mean, I just. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, right. I do have this. Uh, so yeah, have you got anything else to? to no, say about I don't. This, but it's just it. It is a little bit. I don't know. I just don't know how we got here. Like, how did we get here? Through like. I don't know. I'm look. I know how we got here. I'll, I know how we got here. I know how we got here. You. I'm, I'm biting my tongue. I, I am. I'm biting my tongue. I know how we got here. Because oh, I want to hear it, Damon. You want to hear it? Here's yeah. how we got here. Information is given to people like us. And we talk to a lot of people. And other places talk to a lot of people. And Dave talks to a lot of people. And sometimes we talk to the same people. And... I feel like there are people who give us information can and people who give information to other people can have agendas. And that agenda can be subtle, it could be blatant, it could be whatever. And I feel like there are People's perspective or people's, you know, 
people's perspective are, is their reality and how they deem a situation then gets translated to other people. And if you're not kind of weeding that out, I feel like, I feel like a lot of times, I'm, what am I trying to say, Joel? I'm trying to say that pro wrestlers will pro wrestle. Is what I'm trying right. to say. So yeah, if you if you have um, a disgruntled wrestler running to Dave to say, "Oh, this shit's off the chain," you know, this is a disaster. The management have done this. There's yep. a, a, a mutiny. You got to take that with a, a heavy pinch of salt because uh, they clearly have an agenda there. And yep, I I agree. I'll just leave it as pro wrestlers will pro wrestle. Period. Good. Okay. Speaking of pro wrestlers, pro wrestling, there is a pro wrestling going on right now. We're about to kick off our main event here. We've got Cobb and Okan taking on the team of Tanahashi and Ibushi. So this would be an interesting one on in the background. Uh, Yeah, so we've had a few people out with COVID that have acknowledged that they had COVID. Okada said that he had it. Taichi said he had it. And I don't think there's anything that interesting there. I mean... I know a lot of people have been on the, the forums and Discord and stuff trying to do detective work and say, oh, well, that's, that must mean this person, this person. And personally, it doesn't interest me. I don't care who had it. I mean, they, they caught COVID. What, you know, what would, would you do with that information? They right. need to rest and hopefully they'll be back uh, at full health soon enough. Uh, Zach saying he, wa- he wants a tournament for the title. He's thrown his name into the hat. Um, but like I said, we have just had one, so I don't know if that's just Zach going into business for himself or if that's a genuine idea that they got uh, Shingo says he wants a title match he's mentioned about facing Okada so I think that's our most likely program uh, Cobb versus Ibushi their feud still looks like it's cooking so I think we'd expect to see that in the future and we're also seeing uh, hints that Naito against Ishii is going to be a program coming so if uh, Dominion goes ahead then those could be some things to, to look forward to there but um, that is all I have to say for the main roster at the moment yep I think that covers it I mean, I think we beat the dead horse, so um, good good for us. We, we filled an hour of content, and we <laughs> talked about New Japan Pro Wrestling. What, I mean, right? We did good there. Yeah. Right? Did you watch Strong? Uh, I saw the Hikaleo and Fred Rosser brawl. I, I saw that. Okay. All right. Well, I'll come back to you then when I talk about the main event. I'll just I'll briefly touch on the preliminary matches there. So we had, uh, if I can find it... Uh, uh, Bateman defeating Alex Coughlin 9 minutes 43 seconds with his move that he calls this is a kill uh, I think Alex Coughlin looks great right now he's like a, a, a jacked Ron Swanson for anyone who's watched Parks and Rec he is the longest tenured young line in the LA Dojo right now so personally I've got high expectations for him I think he's very talented and I'm curious to see how he's positioned in the future if he's going to be a heavyweight because he's not the tallest wrestler but he's incredibly powerful um maybe this is a bit obvious but i think he and clark connors could be a, a really good tag team together and i like bateman i like the gimmick i think he's a useful guy for the roster he's a solid hand he's perfect for these kind of matches i don't see him being a, a strong main eventer anytime soon but i always enjoy watching him wrestle and, and him picking up the win here was something uh, uh, seeing as he lost to Renderita last time, so uh, nice little win for Bateman there. Second match, we had Carl Fredericks and Brody King defeating Danny Limelight and Jar Kratos. Eight minutes, two seconds, so Carl Fredericks pinning Danny Limelight after the the Manifest Destiny. I know that's a, a, a finishing move that has got a lot of people up in arms, but that's something that Carl Fredericks chose, so um, 
I'm just just reading it out, not putting a value judgment on that. Um, I, I just love seeing Team Filthy. I think they've been the MVPs are strong in the past few months. They're not doing anything spectacular, but they are at the heart of the most interesting feuds and, and storylines on the show. And I think I'm just most grateful that we've got more than just the Bullet Club as the, the resident heels there. And I guess in a lot of ways, I think Team Filthy are the, the strong equivalent of United Empire because they're the heels, but they, they don't need to cheat to win. They just they kick ass. And here we've got Carl Fredericks picking up the win. They're trying to heat him up. They're putting over the fact that he's got back-to-back wins and that he's got a future title shot by virtue of eliminating Tom Lawler from the, the match last week. So uh, it did feel that Carl Fredericks has lost a lot of steam due to his injury. So I'm going to be watching the next few weeks very carefully to see if they can effectively heat him up there. And then our main event was a no-DQ match where Fred Rosser defeated Hikoleo in 50 minutes, 32 seconds with a basement drop kick. I'm going to hand over to you, Damon. What did you think of this? It was a match I, I didn't, not that I didn't expect, but there were a lot of spots that I didn't expect, right? The fact that they went all over, I understand it was a no disqualification match. Uh, I didn't expect to see uh, all the different various uh, forms of uh, product being used in this match. Um but it was good. Like, I thought, I th- trust me, I don't think I've seen a better Fred Rosser match, right? Um, when it came to uh, my interest. And I think I could say the same thing about Hikaleo. Like, I, I, this is a nice little feud they got going here. I, I dig it. Uh, again, this is not a match that I would think the new Jap- here's the thing i can i can't even put this in the same bucket in like new japan's history like this is not a match you're going to see at the you know at budokan um but I, it was different it was again shit that i didn't expect i would be seeing i thought it was good i thought it was a a a, a fairly violent match uh, I liked it. I dare dare I say just because it was the fact that I didn't expect I would be seeing this shit. Um, again, but I want this on the main roster. But I want this on a major show. Uh, no, maybe not. But I think it was perfect for what this show is and was. I I, re- I thought it was a real good change of pace from the from. The eight-minute, you know, short, sweet, solid pro wrestling matches. This was a, this was like a little jolt that I enjoyed. I, I really did like it. Yes, it was a, a spectacle rather than a traditional wrestling match. And yeah, I agree with you. It stands out in the the strong pantheon of matches because it was very, very different to the sort of stuff we usually see, which I appreciate. I I love Fred Rosser jumping Hikaleo at the bell. It's, that's like the sort of thing he would never be allowed to do in WWE. But here there's that, that creative freedom to say, yes, I'm the babyface, but I can be smart. I can use my cunning to get an advantage in a way that isn't going to compromise the, the drama of the match or the dynamics of the match. Um, I mean, to, to my taste, the walk and brawl, it, it's not for me. Although I did wonder when they were going outside what the local residents were thinking when they were looking out their windows. I did see a few houses. I was imagining like, you know, a kid looking out the window. Dad, there are, there are two huge, huge guys out here having a fight. <laughs> and the dad's like, oh, yeah, what, what's the work rate like, son? <laughs> the kid's like, oh, dad, it's more of a walk and brawl, dad. And the dad's like, oh, well, just let, let me know when they're taking it home. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, they, they were building up to the big table spot. They, I, they kind of fucked it up. So the, the finish was a bit flat for me. Uh, but I am glad that Fred Rossum won. I did much prefer their previous match. But yeah, they, this was fine. This was fun. Um, so Chris says, was not expecting to finish to Rossa versus Hikaleo. What a way to showcase Rossa as a take-no-shit babyface. What's next for both men? I mean, would, would anybody have a big problem with this continuing in some fashion? I like the fa- I I mean, it, I've said this about certain individuals before, where it puts a lot of sandpaper on Fred Rosser. You know what I mean? Like it gives him a little bit more of a little bit more grime and a little bit more of an edge. Um, I don't I don't I don't know why I really liked it. I don't maybe again just because it was different. I mean the 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 the, the table not breaking. All right. Okay. I mean, sometimes what are you going to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I, I'm glad I, that they didn't go back to do it again. Right. That would have been much, much worse. I they, agree. The, the table didn't break and they're like, fuck it, let's just finish the match. So I will applaud them for that. Yep. I agree with that 100%. Um, I, think if, I think it's something that, that it only helped him, Fred Rosser. It only helped him. Um, not the, the table not breaking, but the match itself. Um, again, do I want this every week? Certainly not. It was just—I don't know—it's just a different, a different taste. I liked it. I, I thought it was good. And we got a very interesting strong coming up on May twenty-eighth. So we have three singles matches. We got Clark Connors against AJZ. So I was very high on AJZ. So I'm really interested to see how he gets on with an extremely talented wrestler like Clark Connors. Second match, we got El Fantasma against Wheeler Utah. And of course, uh, I was uh, hyping up Wheeler Utah last time I saw him as well. So I'm excited for this one too. And then our third match is the strong openweight championship match between Tom Lawler and Chris Dickinson. So, Damon, what are your expectations for that one? Can you see a title change happening there? I will say no, but it wouldn't shock me if they did. That's not a bad show. That's actually a really good show. Man, I'll tell you what. (laughs) Uh, they're, they're, They're doing good. They're doing they're doing well. They're doing things smart. I, I how do you, how do you how do you get more juice for this show? Like how what what can be done from a new Japan perspective to get more eyeballs on this show? They just need crowds. And I know it's something that a company are working on, they're just waiting for authorization to do that. But to me that's the one of the final pieces in the puzzle for them. And I was wondering, Damon, how many of the uh, foreign wrestlers currently, or even the Japanese wrestlers oh, yeah. in, in New Japan at the moment are looking at Strong thinking, you know what, can you send me over there for a bit? Yeah. I'll go and do a couple of tapings. I'll work Impact. I'll work an episode of Dynamite or AEW Dark or whatever it's called. Yeah. There must be more than a few looking at that. You know, I don't think it's a coincidence that we're seeing... Uh, a heavier flow of traffic from Japan to the States at the moment with guys like Yuji Nagata and Satoshi Kojima and the likes working yeah. those companies. I'm telling you right now, um, well, I mean, not nothing new, but, you know, AEW's running shows. They're, they're, they're touring. Ring of Honor's opening up. They're touring. Um, a lot of independents are running shows. Uh, mask mandates are being lifted this weekend. This weekend, you don't have to wear a mask indoors. 
in New Jersey, it's, which is an amazing thing that we've gotten to this point. Um, we're we're doing really well. Um, so yeah, and that's ac- across the country. Um, things have have improved greatly, and you know fans are allowed in buildings and. I mean, you, we're in the midst of our playoffs, NBA and NHL. And it, unbelievable to see fans in a building, Joel. You know, to see 12,000 people, you know, going nuts. Well, I mean, look, uh, I mean, you can look for yourself, but uh, the New York Knicks, the basketball team, Madison Square Garden, I mean, the place was packed and fans going nuts. I mean, it was kind of gave you a little goosebumps. Like, it was just like, holy shit, this is. This is good. So, yeah. Yeah. I, at the moment, watching Arsenal against Brighton, where they let some fans back in, and when Nicola Pepe scored, and hearing the roar, admittedly quite a roar than usual, but a roar from the Emirates crowd, that did did send a little bit of a chill down my spine. No doubt. No doubt. So, yeah, I think, I think, I think strong. Let's put it this way. All those guys that are bitching and moaning, I'd be like, send me over to California. Send me over there. Line, sign me up. Because, uh, yeah, that's the problem is this, though. It's not making anyone any money. It's a loss, right? Until they get well, fans back and they yes, charge tickets. Yeah. It's a loss. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's as much and as, as excited as we are by it. And 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 as much as you know, the prospects are are, you know, the sky's the limit. The problem is, is that it's a prop from a profitability standpoint, it's a loss. I'm making any money on it. There's, there's no there's no TV deal. They're not selling it to anybody. It's on the network. Um. So, I guess the the, the answer to your question, Joel, it's it's once they get fans in the buildings, you know, and they're able to run shows. Yeah, that's that's when it's that's when they'll be like, okay, you're on a plane, you're in you're in California for a month. Bye, see you in a bit. That, that's that. All right, well, let's get into some questions then uh, from the Discord. Japanese Retro Game Center says, when New Japan come back, uh, when they came back, sorry, they had a show which was not out on Worlds, which to me seems like the first time in ages since this has happened. Do you think they should do this with more shows so that they can avoid burnout with the fans? So having house shows that are not televised. I, n- I never thought I would say this, but yes. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to take that back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull back on that. I'm going to say no. You don't have to watch everything. As we love to say in the Super J cast, you knew what you were getting into. <laughs> you know, you don't, it's, you, just because it's there, you don't have to watch it. So, yeah, no. like in the words of uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park, just because you could didn't mean that you should. Exactly. So, yeah, uh, no, no, it's not, it's your responsibility to watch what you want to watch. It's not their responsibility to temper you. It's your responsibility to, be, to say, this is my time. I have a choice between maybe a couple different things. What is the best use of my time? If you're into the New Japan Pro Wrestling enough to sit through these fucking shows, good on you. Enjoy it. I, who, uh, good to go for it. But, you know, if you've got better things to do, 
fucking do it. But that's not up to the company. That's up to you. Classic Catch says, how much of the shift in booking from good to bad has to do with, one, the arrival of Dick Togo, and two, the retirement of Tiger Hattori? Ah. Um, well, Tiger Hattori was more the role, and I don't want to pigeonhole Rocky here, who was on AEW last night. You see that? Uh, he... Uh, yeah, they reunited Rapongi Vice. That is correct. That is correct. I mean, that is something, isn't it? Do you, I don't know if you think this is maybe an indictment on the the progress of the career of Beretta, but Beretta, but he is basically in the same spot that he was what back in 2017. And I was really optimistic. You know, he's, he's I thought he's a good wrestler. He's got good look, good body. I think he's charismatic. That I hoped that he would be a big single star, but it seems like. I mean, this is not an AW podcast, so maybe I'm just wasting time here, but uh, expecting more from him. Injuries. Injuries have played a big factor in that, though, right? I mean, he was on the shelf when he was at New Japan. He had, he had issues here. So, yeah, I mean, that's, I think that slowed him down considerably. Um, even with that, I mean, best friends were in the mix for the tag belts in AEW. But uh, anywho, yes, Um but uh, to answer the question, like Rocky's kind of taken that role of the guy that brings the the you know the talent over. Um, but still, I think Tiger had a lot of say in booking, and he's been through it all. You know, he's he's been in the New Japan mix for decades. Um, I think a lot of there's a lot of people that you could say that to though. Liger, um, even Nakanishi to a certain degree, right? Um, who may have had a voice in a locker room. So yeah, I mean, there's it. Yeah, I think I think there might be something to that. I don't know how involved Dick Togo is, um, but if he's responsible for anything of the evil character, I say show him the door, please. Please show him the door. Kota Ibushi has just pinned Gray Okan. Oh. And now he's he is taunting a very angry Jeff Cobb. So things go. are hurting up over here on the, the road to the Wrestle Grand Slam. That's never going to happen. The road to nowhere. Uh, Vase Collector says, Looks like ROH in July in Baltimore might be our first taste of live wrestling. Will Damon be coming down? Fully vax meet up if the show's at the UMBC arena is actually a pretty decent venue. I might. Uh, I will say this. Baltimore area has a Guinness brewery. I believe it's the only one in the United States. Um, so I might hit that. Go to a show. I'll, when is it? July when? Uh, let me just undelete the question. I'm sorry. Uh, my bad. My bad. No, it just says July. You didn't, didn't right. give a date. Depends on what day it is because I do. There are uh, things that the uh, weekends I where I am booked. Uh, but I will say it's a definitely maybe because uh, again I do want to hit that that Guinness brewery and then uh, that might be fun. We'll see. I'll, I'll, again, I would say a greater than sixty percent chance. I just got to check my calendar because I do have other things that uh, are going on that like in July uh, that I might might be going to instead. So we'll see. Okay, to Twitter questions. Trish says, something different. Sumo has had another week of scandal this week with the uh, Ozeki Asami. I'm going to the hostess bar and, and getting uh, a big 
punishment for that. What have been things of a similar nature in New Japan that we might not have heard of outside Japan? Well, I haven't heard anything. If we had, we probably wouldn't be uh, revealing it on the podcast, at least. But I will say on the sumo thing, very, very exciting time to be following sumo right now because we've got two Ozeki, uh, which is the rank just below Yokozuna. There's a Takakesho and Terunofuji who are like having this kind of a little feud together to see who can be the next Yokozuna. So really interesting one to keep your eye on. Again, uh, it is probably my most uh, enjoyable sport at the moment to follow. So anyone who's on the fence, now's a really interesting time to be getting into it. Uh, Damon, do you know of any scandals uh, going in in New Japan? <laughs> um, not that I would be willing to divulge here on a podcast, that's for sure. Um, I mean, listen, you hear stories and you... Uh, th- th- I'm, there's, uh, there, you're not getting it out of me, that's for sure. Maybe I'll tell you off the air. I mean, you probably know all of them, though. You probably know everyone that I know, every, everything that I know. So, uh, I usually uh, keep my nose clean from trouble. So, there you go. Okay, Elliot says, I just want the six-man belts to be more of a thing. Give me a hot six-man tag for the belts on every show. They can do it. Why don't they do it? Hey, you're preaching to the choir. I don't, and it doesn't even have to be every show. Just a one show. A <laughs> one a month. I think, yeah. yeah, we had this conversation before. I think one a month would be uh, a fair and realistic thing to aim for that would give a bit of spice to these uh, Row 2 shows. So, yeah, we're, we're with you, Elliot. We don't know why either. So, uh, next question. Then Bash says, who do you think has got the best fashion slash style in clothes? The British or Japanese? I mean, I, I'm not sure how comfortable I am making those sort of generalizations, but Damon, have you, you noticed any trends when you're in the UK or when you're in Japan? All right, I Japan? will be more than happy to, because uh, I am fashion dame, by the way. Um, see, I like, to, I like, do like a, there's a lot of British style that I do like, that I do, that I do like. I like a lot. Um, but, and I, and I will say that, Again, in general, like when I go to Japan, I, I feel like they have. First of all, they're they're all it's it's they're impeccably dressed, um, and fashion conscious, and uh, but not, um, but like, what's the term I'm looking for? They do, I guess, what the kids call streetwear better than anyone else. I think. Like they just have a sense of style. Like like the kids do streetwear really really well. And uh, if you're having a walk around, is it Harajuku? Where I've been that Harajuku, but even like not even like the costumey stuff. Just like general kids hanging out. You know what I mean? Like they just have a a, a real clean sense of style. Like it's not like I don't know. It just everything just looks sharp. Um. And I guess what I'm considering British style, it might be a little bit outdated and it might be a little bit, it's not really like, you know, like I'm thinking like, you know, you know, stuff that kids don't, probably don't even wear over there. You know what I mean? Like I'm thinking of a time in the past. So don't. But um, I I think I'm going to have to give the nod to the Japanese I just think in general, like if I took the entire populace, like I just think they have a, a better sense of style and fashion than I think of the entire pop. Like I could go to London and be like, okay, you know, I could 
say, yeah, England's it. But again, the, the entire country of England isn't London. And and I will say this, that the entire country of Japan isn't Tokyo. But when I've gone to other places, and, and it, it's not that far off. You know what I mean? It's not that far off. Um, so, yes, I, I'm, I'm going to give the nod to Japan on this one. Matthew says, do you think we will see a zombie zombie lumberjacks at Dominion? A real game changer. Did you see this zombie lumberjacks thing? Uh, with I heard about it. I, I Did you watch it? Did you see it? <laughs> no, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Come on, you did. You watched it, didn't you? No. No? I would never. No, I was busy uh, plowing through, what was I watching? Invincible, which I really enjoyed. Um, but yeah, I've heard there were zombie lumberjacks. I don't know, maybe if uh, Dick Togo gets more creative control, we will see zombie lumberjacks. Who knows? Zombies. That, jeez. Oh, oh, whatever. Uh, every time I say it, I regret saying it, but how can anybody watch that? <laughs> just nonsense. I mean, we're watching pro wrestling, mind you, but give just zombies? Whew. All right. I've got three more questions. Right. Um, another one from Bashir says, what does Joel think? Oh, I'd like to know Damon's thoughts as well. Of the conflict going on in Palestine and Israel, do you oh think my. the history of colonial Britain should be taught in the school curriculum, as many people have argued, since a lot of these conflicts and issues stem from British colonialism? Um, yeah, this is... Um, I, I think it's... I don't know. To me, I, I hope I'm... Well, actually, I don't give a shit if I'm losing listeners here. I think it's pretty cut and dry, that... Uh, it's absolutely atrocious the way that uh, the Palestinians are being treated and uh, it should stop because it is just grossly one-sided in terms of the the firepower, the, the weapon capability of uh, the Israeli side compared to the Palestinians and just the, the stuff I read about, you know, soldiers attacking people during their their E celebrations or when they're praying or, or whatever, it's just, it's, it's ghoulish um, and, you know, it's I think we've moved past the point where people conflate Zionism with Judaism because obviously as a Jewish person um, there is, you know, I can be Jewish but also say that I think Zionism is bad and what the Israeli government are doing are uh, atrocious. Those, they're, 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 you know, just because you're Jewish it doesn't mean you have to defend what the Israeli government does. So I think it's good in a sense that we've moved away from that at least, um, that I don't see the... Uh, anti-Zionism being strongly linked to anti-Semitism as perhaps it once was, but I, I completely agree on the point about the British curriculum because um, you know, I think a lot of other countries are more courageous when it comes to tackling their own historical demons and, and learning from mistakes of the past. But when I was a kid, I didn't learn anything about the horrible, horrible things that the, the British Empire did back in the day. Um, I mean, I suppose it, it was until I was in secondary school doing a, a, a history GCSE about... Um, the history of India that you started to dip my toes in the water about all the awful things that the Britain did. So yeah, I think all British kids should be learning about that. And because, you know, as they say, if you don't learn from history, you are condemned to repeat it. So there you go. There's my thoughts on the history curriculums and the, the Israel-Palestine conflict. <laughs> Damon, anything you want to add? Well, I'll say that, you know, thank God, you know, I was uh, educated in the United States because, uh, you know, we learned all about all of our... <laughs> We, our history was guys wore powdered wigs. They got away from the British. We hit, there was a tea party in the Boston Harbor. Uh, we won the battle. And then 
we were the greatest country in the world at that point. <laughs> That's really our history. That's everything we learned in elementary school. Like, like Thanksgiving, the pilgrims and the Indians broke bread and they had sat at a big table and they shared food and everybody got along. There wasn't any, any stealing of land. There wasn't any brutal murdering and pillaging. No, it was just they sat at a table and the Indians agreed to say, yeah, why not have our land? You've made a turkey. Come on. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> well, you uh, learn more about British history and <laughs> that little rant you gave than I learned when I was a child. So there you go. What did they say about the um, – um, did they say anything about the Revolutionary War? No. Didn't no. know anything about that. You know, when, when kids in school in Britain are learning about the Romans and the Tudors and the Victorians and the – oh, look at the inventions they came up with. Look at the funny funny costumes that they wore, blah, blah, blah. You don't get into any of the, the nitty-gritty about – you know, the, the the British foisting a opium addiction upon China or, you know, things like that. We we, we don't really... They didn't we say... They like, didn't, to, uh, you know. they, like it wasn't in your history books. It said, and the Americans kicked our ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that saved say. us in World War Two. yeah. <laughs> right. Trust me, that's when, that's when, like, literally, it's, like, how we were, like, the the big underdogs. It was like Rocky. Like, like our history in school was the United States, we were rocky, and we had this big imperialist uh, British that we were – they were taxing us. They were taxing us without representation, and uh, we fought them off, Joel. We fought and fought for our independence, and they played the rocky music at that point. And then – then it was just like, then we became the greatest country in the world. And then World War II happened. And we beat everyone that was bad. Anyone that was bad. And then, you know, like, that's Some it. other stuff happened. Don't yeah. worry about it. Joe right. Biden got voted in and everything was fine. Right. And then Kennedy was shot. That's really... Oh, no. We, we do have this civil war. And it was just, uh, you know, two sides uh, couldn't get the, get along. We couldn't get along over uh, states' rights and stuff. Oh, and the, uh, slavery. Yeah. Right. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, uh, and then uh, yeah, and then Kennedy was shot. Uh, I spent more time learning about the Kennedy assassination than I did anything else in high school. I, I kid you not. Like I spent more. I mean, I went to a shitty high school, but like, the, I feel like I learned more about the Kennedy assassination than any. Like that, it feels like that was the most pivotal moment in our country's history. Was or two the Revolutionary War, uh, World War Two. And then Kennedy being assassinated. That's, that's literally what I learned in high school. So, listeners, uh, maybe next week you can send in your questions about the Kennedy assassination for <laughs> uh, History Corner with Damon. Yeah, Oswald was eating his chicken and drinking his Coke. <sighs> that's, that's, that's what I remember. <laughs> we had a history, my history. Mr. Higginbottom. Mr. Higginbottom. He was uh, a smaller gentleman, but he was like lightning. He's like a, he was like a little water bug, a little water bug, Mr. Higgs. And uh, he, the comparisons between Lincoln being assassinated and Kennedy. Oh, there were many. Oh, there were many. Oh, we got a lot to learn. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. Well, there you go, listeners. Today's Super Jcast has been educational as well as entertaining. So. Yeah. We'll leave it there, uh, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast if you want to 
give some money to show appreciation for what we do here. The Discord link is in the show notes as well if you want to join all the chats about Sumo. There's a Sumo channel there now. So come oh. talk Sumo with me and, and Booze because she is the, the the knowledge when it comes to Sumo. I thought you Huge. deleted it. I thought you deleted your app. You brought it back, huh? Couldn't get, you couldn't no, stay I, away. No, I never deleted it, no. Oh, you didn't delete it? I thought it. I did. I'm a weak man. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get in there for my Sumo chat. Um, okay, um, Cobra, at Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast to get one of our t-shirts. Big thank you to Editor Dan. Find him on Twitter at LousyHero219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the SuperJCast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye. <laughs>